Welcome everybody to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. I have a great interactive class coming up for you tonight. What is the Shadow Dimension? So uh, the Shadow Dimension, of course, is the docuseries that I released last year. Uh, it's currently running on Tubi TV. There's some other streaming platforms where you can get it. And some others have picked it up uh, here recently. So four other streaming platforms across the world and it's just i guess a matter of time before they actually make it live I, I keep checking to see so i can make the announcement hey it's live on this platform hey it's live on that platform um we're not going to be talking about the shadow dimension docuseries specifically we're going to show some clips from it we're going to get some snippets and we're going to talk about some of the themes and concepts within it uh, because I'm seeing, I'm starting to see more and more now that this term is is starting to be used more often. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, of course, those that are joining us live here again, usually Wednesday night, it's not a Thursday tonight because of all the crazy stuff uh, that happened earlier this week. Uh, but those that are in the private Facebook group for Connected Universe Portal members, please make sure you have the uh, the permissions set there so I can. See all of your wonderful names. Uh, and for those listening to the podcast later, please come out here and join us on a weekly basis. You get the full presentation. Ask any question you want. Uh, you can watch the video clips. Uh, ConnectedUniversePortal.com is the Connecting the Universe weekly class. And of course, you get all of the other great content on the back end as well. All the Egypt videos, America Southwest videos, the Ireland stuff will be coming up. You get the monthly Q&A videos, uh, all kinds of video blogs and articles back there. So sneak peek stuff of things I'm working on. So you guys get that first. All right. So we had our class question, which let me go ahead and bring that up here. Uh, what do you think shadow entities really are? Spirits, interdimensional beings, extraterrestrials, all of the above, or something else? So again, it being a bit of an off day, um, it, we didn't get as much feedback as we usually get. But uh, Betty Lange said, if I saw one, my first thought would be a person who just passed and not moved on, uh, which is absolutely something that a shadow entity could be now we're not going to get into like the specifics of you know what are you know what are shadow entities what are the different types um how do they manifest all that we've done classes on that before and we'll we always come back to it because we always get new information that's coming to light on this subject which is absolutely fascinating and um you know with with the, one of the points that i brought up here you know are they et so that'll be uh the segment on ancient aliens tomorrow night march 4th nine o'clock PM Eastern time on the history channel. Uh, we will be discussing, uh, shadow entities as extraterrestrials that some of these are actually ET. So tune in for that. Um, and really in the research that I've done, uh, a shadow entity can be a myriad of different things. Yes. They can be a human spirit. They can't fully manifest like, uh, Betty had, had said there. Uh, they can be an extraterrestrial. They can be an interdimensional being. They can be a large variety of different things. They can be time slips. Um, again, we're not going to get into all of those details for this class, but the question then becomes, because I named the docuseries The Shadow Dimension, and we have seen here recently, I, I mentioned the show Archive 81 last week. Again, not trying to give away in, any uh, 
significant spoilers or anything like that. I think I steered clear of all that last week uh, when we talked about secret societies in the circle. Uh, but uh, in this particular scene here, when uh, he's he's really tr just uh, summing up what's been going on in all the episodes up to here, he uses the term the shadow dimension, uh, which I, I've actually trademarked, but of course I'm not going to go after him because I'm just like, cool, the, <laughs> the, the concept of uh, the shadow dimension is getting out there. Uh, which is which is fascinating to me that people are starting to to recognize that there is, you know, more to all of this phenomenon. And of course, uh, as you get deeper into the shows, they're trying to uh, essentially summon the uh, that dimensional plane to be able to access that dimensional plane. That's where the the circle came into play. Uh, so we'll examine really that aspect of it, you know, accessing this dimensional space. What are dimensions? Uh, how are these entities coming into our plane of existence? That's that's what we're looking at here this evening. So let me go ahead and get this, uh, this banner off. I think you guys got it down there. Uh, so, and there's, and there's Betty. All right. Great to see you down there, Betty. And Sarah Yusuf is in the house. All right. So yeah, yeah, Betty, we, uh, we, we used your quote here uh, that you thought a shadow would be a person who had passed and not moved on. So thank you for that. Um, okay. Going to do a little fun aside here before we really start getting into it. I have a number of video clips uh, queued up for tonight. But uh, this first one is, is kind of more of a fun one from uh, when we were out in Egypt last June. Uh, this is Johnny Enoch and I on the on the banks of the Nile, uh, we were getting a little a little wet there, and uh, it was the Nile River is actually surprisingly cold. You know, you think of Egypt very hot, and we were there in June, so it was roasting hot. But the Nile River is actually very very cool water, and uh, so here we go. Hi, You're getting your feet wet in the Nile? We absolutely are. The Nile is the best place to come for the most powerful <laughs> energy. Absolutely, that's amazing. Here with Mike Ricksecker. Out here with Johnny Enoch. Enter the, <laughs> the shadow, shadow dimension. dimension. <laughs> yeah, so having a little fun there in the banks of the Nile. That guy back there you know, taking some video, and he is insisting on selling whatever those little uh, fake dagger things were. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Johnny and I had a lot of fun on that trip. We were always doing the uh, you know, Haunted Road Roast. Hundred Road Roast that helps you hunt ghosts. That uh, that line that Tim Schoen always loved for me to say. Uh, Johnny had a lot of fun with that on that trip, and then also kind of the same thing there you know, with the Shadow Dimension. A lot of fun. So, speaking of Egypt, I do want to give a little background history here uh, of shadows throughout. Uh, throughout our ancient history. It's, I'm not going to do a full focus on this. Uh, some of you have seen some of this information before, especially if you've seen my presentations or if you've taken, uh, we had the Unveiling the Shadows workshop there like a year and a half ago, uh, or if you've purchased the uh, Shadow Entities online course from uh, the Connected Universe portal. This is in there as well. But um but just to kind of take a look back here at the way some of the ancients 
view shadow entities in just small spoiler for tomorrow night on ancient aliens. We are going to talk about that during uh, the show tomorrow night too. Uh, so ancient Egypt, uh, they had a, uh, a concept of seven different parts of the soul. It, I say that, but it really depends on who you talk to because some people say it's five. Some people say it's nine. Most of, in the research that I've done, most of the uh, information says seven. But again, I, I think it just depends on who you talk to. Uh, but one of those parts of the soul was the kbit or the shadow. And again, this is another you know, weird aspect. So I, I'm not going to show the clip here because the audio is terrible. And I showed you guys the clip a few weeks back uh, with Muhammad Ibrahim and I right outside the Red Pyramid talking about uh, shadow entities in the Egyptian culture. And he actually, actually uses the word chateau with a T. So that's another, I mean, it's almost a straight verbatim. It's almost like a uh, transliteration uh, rather than a uh, translation. But there is a chateau word. But again, you do some of the research and, you know, dive into some of this material. Kbit is another word that they use for shadow, the shadow part of the soul. Uh, so this image here is from the tomb of Arinifer, which is in the Theban necropolis. Uh, it's one of the tombs of the nobles. And you see the uh, shadow figure here right outside the tomb. Now, he is to linger here on Earth. So the shadow stays here on Earth, as well as the, the ka, the animating part of the soul. At least the ka does for a period of time. The other parts of the soul uh, move on to the constellation of Orion at death. So you see uh, a couple of bod birds here and... Uh, the one is starting to take flight to make that transition. So uh, kind of a similar concept here with the Choctaw, Native American cultures. Now, Native American cultures, depending on which tribe it is, they each had a little bit of a different take on, um, on their spiritual aspects. But several of them also believed in multiple parts of the soul. And again, it kind of depends on the tribe. You know, it might be uh, two, three, five different parts of the soul. Uh, the Choctaw believed in two different parts of the soul. The Shalombish, the outside shadow, and the Shalup, the inside shadow, or ghost. And that inside shadow, the Shalup, goes on to the land of the ghosts at death. The Shalombish, however, the outside shadow, stays here on earth. So we see these different concepts of shadow, spirituality, either remaining here on earth, other different parts going on to, you know, stars and constellations are going on into different realms, into different dimensions, whatever, you know, the land of the ghosts may be. That is some other dimensional plane or plane of existence out there. And what we're trying to figure out and determine is, okay, what exactly is that? Um, another interesting line from Archive 81. Again, I'm not trying to give away any spoilers, and I think one line is not going to ruin anything, but um, it's mentioned every world has its own frequency, which is you know, a very interesting concept. We're going to explore this this evening uh, because the universe is vibration. Everything within 
the within the universe is moving. We, of course, this is the connected universe, so everything is connected. But you take all these objects around you. I mean, it seems solid. You know, I seem solid. My my body parts are moving. I guess um, this microphone seems pretty stationary. You know, here here is an ink pen that seems pretty solid, but it's really not. When you get down to uh, the molecular construction of these items in these, you know, small, uh, these small, small atoms, those atoms are vibrating together. Um, and, you know, depending on the vibration, you get you know, different materials, different like elasticity. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you heat up an item and it starts to melt, you're changing the composition of it because the, because of the applied heat. Now the Atoms are vibrating differently together than they were before, but they're always in a state of motion. They're always vibrating. So how is this applicable to the shadow dimension? All right, let's take a look at dimensions. And uh, it's been a little while since I've shown you guys uh, this particular diagram. It may have been back in the Beyond the Shadows days. Not sure. So these are our kind of... Uh, well, there's there's four objects here, but it's really three dimensions because the the period, the the dot. Um, some people consider it dimension zero. The first dimension, though, is just a line. Uh, you know, point A to point B. That's it. Uh, the second dimension, two D, is a flat plane. So you know, like a you know flat piece of paper. 3D is now an object, a you know three-dimensional block or you know, my computer that's here, a monitor or me or you, um, that's three-dimensional. We live and exist in the fourth dimension, what we refer to as time. So every dimension can see the ones below it but they can't see the ones above it or beyond it. They don't have any concept really of it. Or you know, they may have an idea that there's something else out there, but they can't get there. They can't see it. You know, you take a just you know, speck of dust on that piece of paper, um, it can't quite grasp that there's bigger, larger objects, you know, outside of say the piece of paper is on a table the idea that there's a world outside of that piece of paper on the table is is beyond them. Um, they, they can't seemingly get there. And that's kind of our challenge with us. You know, we can see everything below us. We can see the dot. We can see the line. We can see the, the piece of paper. We can see a 3D object. But beyond time, that's where we start having some issues. So that's the first four dimensions. So there are other dimensions, however, out there. Uh, when we get into superstring theory, there's supposed to be 10, 11 if you count that dot. <laughs> but uh, that's really like dimension zero. So let's kind of break this down a little bit. So the next level above us, the fifth dimension, you should be able to see everything below that. So from the fifth dimension, you should see time. And people 
represent this with a tesseract. So I, I show this cube. Uh, it's kind of a cube on top of a cube. And to me, it's it's a uh, it, it's kind of a layman's representation. We use it, but it's just I mean, overall looking at it, it's a cube on top of a cube. So really, it's just a bigger cube. Uh, I, I think it's just our way of trying to represent something that we're you know having a hard time conceptualizing. Uh, this is not. When we use the word tesseract, we're not talking about the Marvel magic cube, you know, the, the glowy cube that ends up with the infinity stone inside of it, but uh, they use it as like a portal device sort of thing. That's not what a real tesseract is. Uh, basically, a, a tesseract, you know, from the fifth dimension should be able to see time. And we see this represented, uh, some of you will recognize this, uh, we see this represented in the movie uh, Interstellar where within the Tesseract, within the five-dimensional space, uh, Cooper is able to see all these various representations of his daughter's bedroom throughout all time. All he has to do is go to one, and it's a different moment in time. And, and that's kind of what they're trying to do, the beings that they call them they're trying to get him to find that right moment in time and he's able to see every single one it's a 3d representation of time so and sarah's asking could a fifth dimension be consciousness we're going to get to consciousness here in a little bit uh and then asking uh tesseracts are hypercubes well i don't like viewing them as a hypercube that's kind of because again trying to conceptualize what a level above time would look like our minds think in terms of three dimensions so we're taking a three-dimensional representation and applying that to to a concept that is beyond us we have we could take our own creative minds and try to, uh, you know, create something that should represent the concept, but it's a concept I don't think we quite grasp. And when we start seeing these different realities and these different things happen uh, within our plane of existence that we don't really have answers for, like. We see a ghost, we see a shadow entity, um, you know, different crazy things like that happen. We see, um, you know, dancing balls of light that have no explanation. Suddenly they they materialize and de dematerialize right in front of you, things like that. Um, you know, we have a hard time trying to really answer what those things are. Most times they get pawned off as, your imagination is legend of lore. These entities, ghosts, don't really exist. You're crazy, that sort of thing. But no, people experience the, these things all the time. So we're going to do a real quick uh, dimensional lesson here on uh, super string theory, uh, just really, really fast, because I don't want to uh, you know, kind of blow people out of the water here with a lot of it. But um, 
because the way super like kind of as official quote unquote official super strength theory the way they view the fifth dimension is a little bit different than i think um we would normally conceive that like the movie like i was showing the movie interstellar um that was the way they portrayed the fifth dimension according to super strength theory it's a little bit different so it's a nice graphic for you um so they say fifth dimension we would see a world slightly different from our own that would give us a means of measuring the similarity and differences between our world and other possible ones so they're saying we could see our world but also other possible it's almost like we could see parallel universes and then they say with the sixth dimension we would see a plane of possible worlds like we were just saying where we could compare and position all the possible universes that start with the same initial conditions as this one like the big bang uh, so in theory if you can master the fifth and sixth dimension you could travel back in time or go to different futures so so they're saying from the six you would have time travel and essentially be able to kind of do what cooper did in uh interstellar where he was able to view and he was able to interact with those different times not fully interactive like he could he could push the books and that sort of thing uh he could affect gravity between the different dimensions um but he couldn't like go out and talk to his his daughter sort of thing at any point in time but he could see every point in time so I think you kind of have a mishmash of different ideas and, and concepts here. Um, and, and again, these are our theories on what these things would actually be. Uh, you know, we, we have used mathematics to show and kind of prove that, hey, these other dimensions exist out there. We haven't actually accessed them, at least knowingly accessed them or willingly, like, you know, I'm, drop of a hat you know I'm going to go to this dimension um okay so that's fifth and sixth seventh you would have access to possible worlds that start with different initial conditions whereas in the fifth and sixth the initial conditions were the same and subsequent actions were different here in the seventh everything is different from the very beginning of time so every time um you would have like a different result from the big bang uh the eighth again a plane of such possible universe histories, each of which begins with different initial conditions and branches out infinitely. And this is where you get infinite universes. The ninth, to compare all the possible universe histories, starting with all the different possible laws of physics and initial conditions. And 10th, we arrive at the point in which everything is possible and imaginable is covered. So really it's, they're just adding through each of these possible dimensions, they are adding another layer of, possibility another possibility another possibility so uh you know where before you had the same starting conditions for a universe you know once you get down the road it's like you have an innumerable number of different starting conditions for a universe and this gets into the idea of course of what we were talking about a few weeks ago with the with the multiverse and all these different uh possible universes that may be out there may even be replicating themselves over and over and over again so you know given our topic for this evening the shadow dimension is one of these universes then the shadow dimension okay so got a couple of 
clips here for you. And I was uh, earlier, I, I had in my show notes to, uh, to already have played one for you. So I'm going to have to do these back to back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give you Johnny Enoch and Mary Marshall first. Uh, now that we're hitting on multiple universes, Johnny has a nice little quote in here, uh, but some interesting information from, from both of them. So let me cue this up for you guys. I tend to think that these were interdimensional beings. I've heard people talk about ghosts and spirits, apparitions, and what their encounters are like. And I've even seen sort of a ghostly figure before when I've stayed in castles in Europe. I've, I've you know, seen things out of the corner of my eyes. These beings, I would describe the encounter as much different. There, there's something about them that it was like, what is this? Who are they? I, I tend to think they're from another dimensional space. We know now that we live in a multiverse. In fact, we live in a multi-dimensional multiverse. And how we know that is through something known as the Wilkinson's Microwave Anisotropy Probe, or the WMAP scan for short. And what it tells us is that the radioactive background of our universe has these patterns in the background, these circuitous patterns. And these patterns are indicative that our universe is replicating itself. Not only is it expanding, it's growing. And as you mentioned, there is this universe that has existed before it, but there's other universes. And what we now believe in our cosmological theories and our theoretical physics is that we live in a vast ocean full of universes with these little bubbles and they're all connected. I call it a gravitation. The real question we have to ask ourselves is, where are these shadow beings coming from? Are they in a dimensional space from our universe? Could they be traversing here from other universes? Yeah, that was really strange there. I uh, lost the audio on, on Mary for, for some odd reason. Uh, not sure why, but basically Mary was talking about uh, her believing that uh, that this is a gravitational distortion uh, is what she was talking about. She gives a little detail, but it's it's all in the Shadow Dimension docu series, so you can so you can catch that there as well. Uh, Betty was asking who came up with uh, string theory, so you're, you're talking about it like a series of uh, theoretical physicists going back into you know, at least the 1950s. Uh, that's really when it started to kind of get some steam. You know, basically, these uh, different physicists coming up with a variety of different ideas um, and over time kind of getting all this together. So it's it's not like one single person that really put it together. It's, it's a number of people over time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, again, I apologize for the, for the audio there. I'm not sure why that cut out. Um, okay, so the other clip that I want to share with you guys on this is from, from Carl Johnson, where he starts talking about different realities. This was at the, the Conjuring House, and he and I, when we filmed for uh, The Shadow Dimension, that was a good year and a half ago now, September 2020, it was kind of like the first major thing we were able to do uh, during covid and uh, we had a really interesting dinner talking about a lot of these different theoretical concepts. So when we filmed the next day at the Conjuring House, you know, I was like, Carl, let's just have like a back and forth conversation, you and me, 
um, rather than just me, you know, it, it, but we did uh, some of me just having Carl talk and give, tell stories and uh, give insight and all that of experiences there at the house. I was like, let's have a back and forth conversation and just kind of, kind of recreate the conversation we had last night over dinner. So that's what this, uh, this particular clip is. We got into an interesting discussion, I thought, uh, while we were having dinner mm. um, about interdimensional beings, portals. Is there perhaps a portal on this property? Is that why there's so much activity that goes on here, perhaps with the, uh, the shadow entity and, and other things that happen here? Corey was talking about uh, light bursts they've seen here as well. Of course, there's a story of Andrea and her family seeing mm. apparently another family um, in the other room from the past from the past and they looked at them as if they were ghosts so you know that's that's part of my research here not just shadow people specifically but what are their origins you know, are they coming to us from another dimension are some of these perhaps time travelers there's even the idea that they could be extraterrestrials mm -hmm. even if they are extraterrestrials are they actually using some sort of uh, interdimensional means to travel here there has to be something to it I think this is kind of an opening to another reality and uh, presences come and go. Whether they do it of their own volition or it just happens, I don't know. But that's only been further borne out by my experience here today. While you were talking about the historian, I was in the next room and it, was, it felt like, almost like in a fun house, you start to feel like mm -hmm. the floor is moving underneath. And I felt like getting pulled away. My emotions came to the forefront. I mean, nothing anybody would have noticed, but I just felt in a, like an visceral response to the room, to the, to the environment. To really describe that, it's almost like if you're in the ocean and you, know, you feel a undercurrent, a toe. It feels like that, but on more of a psychic level. You know, right. like something, I belong someplace else suddenly. Yeah. You know, it's got gravity, it's pulling me into it. And that's probably accurate as I could describe it. Except there's an emotional response too. It's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be lost in that. But why those rooms? Why not everywhere? Why not here in the, what's now the kitchen? Right. It, it does seem, you know, centrally located to those rooms there. And then I guess the, the one bedroom above. So it's almost, you know, kind of stacked on top of each other in that area. Right. People feel things upstairs. Sometimes I do right above. Um, but mostly in those two rooms I was describing. And the, the mirror, you know, when I did see myself as younger, it's very strange. It was June of 2019. Well, time is a you know human construct, just to describe our reality that we're experiencing right now. And that one of the ideas is that time, past, present, future, are all happening concurrently at the same time. And you know, I have something I call stacked time theory, where mm. you know every moment in time at a particular location stacked on top of each other like that, and. Is there something with this location, particularly in that area area of the house, where, whether it's the energy or what have you, that kicks it off? There are factors. Creates this yeah. overlapping moment, and then it subsides. I don't think we'll ever totally have it figured out, but yeah. you can conjecture that, you know, there's a lot of lime deposit under the soil that could create a battery, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, just well, limestone yeah. in the foundation of the house. Right, there's yeah. that. You see, you've got all this you know, setup, these conductors or receptors, if you will. I theorize that uh, the materials, the creative building, can actually absorb memories. And sometimes through principles we don't understand yet, those memories are replayed. And we'll probably never have it totally figured out why 
why in those rooms, why I feel it, why other people have. But it's almost like this other reality is concurrent, is existing along with ours. They have their timeline, we have ours. Yeah, and that that final concept that Carl is talking about there, um, you know, multiple realities existing at the same time, they have their timeline, we have ours, uh, is is really fascinating. So when we have uh, you know something that, you know, we might call a time slip, maybe we're seeing another point in time. You know, it could just be, you know, when we talk stack time theory, so the whole idea of um, every moment in time at a specific location being stacked on top of each other, like this representation here of the of the dice. Um, it's they're not really falling dice per se, as it is. You know, there are moments uh, captured, all stacked on top of each other, of the dice being rolled and it, it's kind of cool when you actually see it all stacked up like that it looks like um you know the, the dice are kind of swirling around each other um so is it you know because we've talked about resonance we are going to talk about resonance and vibration here very shortly uh, when we talk about that is it that we're having a moment in which our two moments in time are resonating at the same frequency at the same level and we're able to get a glimpse of that other moment in time uh for for lack of a better term if it's all coexisting right here right now and so then we see the woman in the victorian dress or whoever it is andrea parents saw like an entire family there at the farmhouse uh there in harrisville you know and then they uh likewise saw the more modern people so that's that's one idea. Or if we have these multiple dimensions all really coexisting together at the same time in the same space, we just don't see each other. And but again, kind of the same thing. Something happens where we have that uh, that vibration, that that resonance, that frequency that kicks off, and for a brief moment, we're able to see it. And you know, there's. We've talked about it before, but the Anita project down in Antarctica, people flipped their lids when they took that data and said, hey, there's a, uh, you know, there's another parallel universe running in reverse time. And that's not what the scientists said. That's what some journalists taking the data interpreted and then uh, you know, wrote their articles concerning that. But if that's true, if you can you know, get to that conclusion from the data, it does cause us to wonder about uh, the nature of the universe and how it works. Is there another, you know, world around us working in a reverse time, you know, or is it really the same, the same timeline, one's going forward, one's going backward, looping around each other? You know, is that the idea of the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail, you know, and all being cyclical like that? A lot of different rabbit holes that we could go down here. So I do want to talk a little bit about when we actually see these things. So we're talking shadows. When we see a, a shadow entity, we see something in the corner of the room, run down the hall. You know, 
again, we're talking about is this another dimension that we're seeing? Is something or is something from another dimension entered our plane of existence knowingly, mistakenly? Some people and Tom McNicholas uh, said he could not join us this evening, unfortunately. Uh, but Tom has frequently seen the shadows out of the corner of his eyes. People talk about that, uh, viewing shadow entities or getting a glimpse of them out of their periphery, and they turn and look, and it's gone. You know that they just suddenly vanished. He gets that re that type of report a lot, and I finally. With my book, A Walk in the Shadows, uh, second edition has been out for a little over a year now, which had 40 more pages than the original first edition, which came out a couple of years ago. Well, I just kind of covertly added 10 more pages <laughs> to uh, to the book ahead of uh, everything that's going on with, with Ancient Aliens tomorrow. And so it was a little bit of additional information that I wanted to make sure got in there. And part of it is getting a little bit deeper into this idea of seeing these shadows out of the corner of your eye, seeing them in the periphery. What is happening when that happens? What are we actually seeing? What are we getting a glimpse of? This is also, again, talked about in the Shadow Dimension docuseries. So I have a clip here queued up. It's... Um, it's got Johnny and Mary again, but um, some great insight also from Mark Anthony. So let's go ahead and play this. Okay. It seems like we're not getting any, any sound on that one either. I was having, I, I will say I was having some issues rendering the uh, the videos earlier. I ran out of space in my hard drive. And so I had kept having to offload stuff from my system because I was doing all that audiobook work earlier. Let me try this one more time. This is kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's it's um, there's no sound. I'm, I apologize for that. So basically, the explanation uh, here, and then I'll have to go back and, and play these again sometime. I think what I'll end up doing is I'll you know I'll upload them on the uh, Connected Universe Portal site, so you guys can view those there. Or of course, if uh, you can always watch the Shadow Dimension docu series for free on, on Tubi, uh, but I'll go ahead and, uh, of course, what I can do, okay, here's what I can do. When I upload this video, because I put the videos on the Connected Universe portal on the back end, um, I will go ahead and insert those proper clips in there. So I'll do a little video, video editing work and get those clips in there so that you guys have that. Because um, I'm just, it's some good information there from, from Johnny, Mary, and Mark. Uh, but basically, uh, what they talk about in this clip is what's known as averted vision. So your eyes are made up of, of rods and cones. The cones are more in the center of your eye, closer to the optic nerve, which give us color and definition. Uh, Mark has a nice little term. He's like, yeah, it's basically the high definition camera of your eyes. The rods are on the outside, so they bring in more light. They're, they're more uh, susceptible to, to variations in light. And so stargazers will use a technique known as averted vision in order to get a better glimpse of celestial objects out of the side of their eyes. And so uh, Mark 
gives an example of a comment. Um, you know, Mary talks about that you can see slightly into the infrared out of your periphery uh, in, in these sorts of things. So when we see that shadow out of our periphery, it's because we're able to see into a little bit of a different light spectrum from that, from that angle. When we see it, then we turn and look straight on, and it seems like it's gone, but it's really not. It's because now we're looking at a slightly different spectrum, a little bit of a different frequency than we had out of out of the periphery. Uh, so again, the stargazers use this technique called averted vision to be able to see celestial objects, and that, that's why. Um, like if you, if you take part in like an astronomer's club and their eyes adjust to, you know, full dark night. So, you know, they can see the, the stars very brilliantly. And all of a sudden somebody, you know, lights up a, a, um, I was going to say candle, but it's like, what in the world am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, flashlight, sorry. Somebody lights up a flashlight and all of a sudden it just it it blows out their their eyes and it takes like a good half hour to readjust down to that um so so our eyes are, are susceptible to these things in different parts of the eyes see into different spectrums so what is it then that we are seeing okay so it's different light waves different light frequencies coming from where so another thing I added to A Walk in the Shadows, because it took place after the last publication, but I think is, is really important and is going to be part of the Shadow Dimension Season 2, I had a, uh, a hypnosis session with Ariana Corsino, who's been on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Um, she's a trained hypnotherapist, uh, trained under... Dolores Cannon, she's very, very good. Uh, Victoria has also uh, gone through a session with Ariana. And through that, I'm not going to get into the whole session, but the, the most pertinent thing that came out of that for this, uh, this class this evening was when we talked about my first shadow experience when I was about eight years old and what exactly happened in that moment you know this thing standing in the corner it physically interacted with me what the heck happened so we got into those details and some of the questions that started getting of course tossed out there was you know who or what is this thing what was it doing there and where did it come from so this was some other life form that had traveled here to Earth from elsewhere, uh, was interested in humans and studying humans, did not realize originally at first that I could see it. And when I realized it, it frightened me. The whole crossing of the arms and all that was actually 
was trying to have me do like a self hug. And from this other perspective, I could see it actually patting me on the wrist, like trying to calm me down, which didn't work. I was terrified. <laughs> I was eight years old and there was an intruder in the house. But the interesting question of where was it from? The answer was, it was from a different space. So the follow-up question was, okay, do you mean a different dimension? And the response to that was, well, you might call it a dimension, but really it's another space, which is really a head scratcher. You know, what, what does that mean? You know, other space, you know, if, if we're not talking dimensions as we kind of talked about that before, um, what exactly is it? Cause if you go through that list of dimensions that we had before, it was really just another perspective on top of another perspective on top of another perspective. And, you know, we talk about other planes of existence. We've been talking about, um, you know, a different, you know, frequencies lining up. We were able to see another, really it's another glimpse of our own reality. But this other space makes it seems like, makes it seem like it's, somewhere else that they've traveled from. They've come here using some other means of, of transport. Another great line from, from Mark. Quoting a lot of Mark Anthony here this evening. He says, this is from episode one of the shadow dimension. We may very well be dealing with several different entities, several different species using a similar energetic modality in order for them to communicate or to visit what we call Earth. I did throw that at the uh, ancient aliens guys twice during the interview. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking they might use that <laughs> for, for tomorrow's episode. Um, but I love that line. Absolutely love it. Um, because we see a lot of different types of shadow entities. Again, we're not getting into the different types and the specifics, but you know, humanoid figure, the hat-wearing entities, the crawlers, the mists, the wisps, um, hooded figures, all different types. They all look different. They all seem to have different agendas, different functions, which is why whenever somebody asks me, okay, what is a shadow person? It's like, I, you have a couple hours? Because <laughs> um, we could get into so you know, a lot of details about these, these different things, you know, the old hags and, and all of that. Um, it's not just one set thing. It's different like Mark said, different species coming from elsewhere. So this thing was in my room, some other life form that had used this, whatever this mode of transportation was to appear in our plane of existence as a shadow. So where was this space or dimension it came from? And how was it accessible? Well, and I just realized I had this little video clip queued up but my microphone is uh my microphone is muted when it shows video so <laughs> that's not gonna work um but that was to show vibration and that's what i want to talk about now because we've been we, we've kind of touched on it a little bit here and there that the universe is essentially vibration. All these different things are connected, but they're all connected, you know, 
through various vibrations of our molecules, our atoms, uh, you know, these different things that create and make the universe. Everything's vibrating together. And there's, in a lot of ways, it looks like chaos, but there's a lot of harmony within it as well. Um, so I'm going to throw a couple of esoteric quotes out from you. So some of this is from like the Kabbalion and other sources. Uh, so modern science has proven that all that we call matter and energy are but modes of vibratory motion. And some of the more advanced scientists are rapidly moving toward the positions of the occultists who hold that the phenomena of mind are likewise modes of vibration or motion. And so I'm going to show something here in just a moment of science kind of coming around to these concepts that, you know, we've been, you know, people have been talking about for thousands of years and they're like, oh yeah, we discovered this. It's like, guys, come on. Um, so another one, differences between different manifestations of matter, energy, mind, and even spirit result largely from varying rates of vibration. Then all particles of matter are in circular movement. And that's what, you know, Johnny was talking about the circuitous patterns earlier. From corpuscle to suns, the planets revolve around suns and many of them turn on their axes. The suns move around greater central points and these are believed to move around still greater and so on ad infinitum. So, you know, that's why we see so many different, uh, you know, patterns of, of circles, you know, within our universe. When we, you know, we're talking about these bubble universes, they're, they're, they're circles, they're, they're spheres, you know, essentially is what they are. Um, you take our, our sun is a sphere. The earth is a sphere. Um, the, you know, solar system, I mean, it has its, its access in its, it's plain, but you know, outwardly it's, it's a sphere. It's a, it, it's a bubble. Um, so, and this really adheres to a lot of the different things that we've been talking about here in recent weeks. So we've talked a lot about circles, right? The stone circles and that vortex energy that wells up within that circle. You know, we saw the rollerite stones, uh, the other week and the way the energy rotates within that circle. And, and it's that rotation, that circle of that energy. And we talked about last week, the, the secret societies, they're trying to tap into that type of energy. So this is the thing that I was uh, mentioning before uh, that I find kind of funny. So a recent paper in the International Journal of Astrobiology, uh, just published here, that in it, uh, they represent the idea of planetary intelligence, which describes a collective knowledge and cognition of an entire planet. They suggest that large-scale networks of life could form a vast invisible intelligence that profoundly alters the condition of the entire planet. Which a lot of our esoteric teachings that have been handed down through the ages speak of the universe and all planes of existence are like mental creations of a higher power that, um, you know, that the, the earth is speaking to us. The universe is speaking to us that there is, you know, that life is consciousness. The planet is consciousness. The universe is consciousness. Um, it's not, it's not a new concept yet. They published this paper saying, Oh, Hey, we discovered that, the, the planet may, you know, have a consciousness. It's like, this isn't new, guys. <laughs> it's not new. 
Um, get down toward the last few minutes here. Let me check your comments. Um, so, okay. Uh, Betty Lange asks, uh, when we dream, can we move into another dimension or time? Do we open our own portal? So that's an interesting question. So uh, it's been a while since I've covered dreams. And there are people who believe that when you when you dream, you're entering another another reality. You know, maybe it's a parallel universe. Maybe you are opening a door or a portal into another world. Um, if that's true, I um, you know my my parallel selves have made some really poor decisions, <laughs> and there's some really scary worlds out there. Um, so it's that is that is one idea. Um, I would say that in some cases there are there are doors that are open to a more ethereal plane. People uh, report dream visitations from loved ones, you know, actual, you know, not just dreaming of a loved one that has passed away, but an actual visitation from a loved one. I've had it happen to me. So there is some sort of door that's open or, you know, the, the consciousness is really disconnecting from the body at that point and maybe is able to visit with with other consciousnesses um or the idea that you know our conscious isn't here with us that our body is picking up a transmission from where our, our consciousness is so a lot of different ideas but yeah you're you're on the on to something there uh betty um Sarah asking, how often do groups of people see shadow phenomena at the same time? Um, you know, I, I, I can't give you a specific number as far as how often. It does happen. Um, you know, there are several investigations that I've done. You know, we've seen, hey, there's there's a shadow. Did you see that, you know, shadow dart in that door? Like, you know, three or four of us that saw it. The, the black smoke morphing into the apparition of a little girl. There were five of us there at the time. And we all saw her a little differently. And that also speaks to uh, personal resonance, vibration, frequency, that we all saw her a little differently because we each have our own personal resonance, our own personal vibration, and she had her own uh, vibration and resonance as well. So, um, so I can't really tell you how often that would be because... Sure, there are plenty of times you're on investigation with somebody and you see a shadow go down the hall. They didn't see it. But I might be with somebody that is resonating on a totally different frequency um, and they're just not going to. So we've talked before. We, we've had an entire class on personal resonance. Uh, we're talking about, you know, some people see more apparitions and shadows. Others see more shadows and apparitions. And that's because of our own you know, personal vibration and frequency. So I'm one that sees more shadows and apparitions. And I believe over time, as you start to interact with more and more of these different things, your body becomes in tune to those things. So because I have seen more shadows than, than apparitions, I become more in tune to them. Not that I never see apparitions. I do, uh, just not as often. And my body kind of recognizes more, oh, hey, this type of energy is over here. I'm going to tune into that. And then boom, I can see it a little bit better. Where with apparitions and other phenomena, I'm going to have a little bit of a harder time. I might be able to pick up something's here, but to actually be able to tune into it, get a good glimpse of it, that might be a little bit more difficult for me. So, um, so real quickly, okay, we're not going to, 
going to have time to get into a couple of these other different things. Because I wanted to get into um, sound and vibration and kind of, you know, they talk about, you know, okay, the music of the spheres, music of the universe, that um, there there is, you know, our universe has a, uh, like a certain music to it, a certain song that is playing. And we've seen where like the great pyramid of Giza is, is tuned to the key of F sharp. And I've been there. I've, I've been in there. It's, it's not just somebody wrote it in a book and said, Hey, this is cool. Um, Tom Danley did a lot of experiments there. And so we verified that last, you know, last June I went into the great pyramid. This is tuned to the key of F sharp and that coffer inside is tuned to the key of A and our planet is supposed to also be tuned to the key of F sharp. Um, so, You see, um, again, we don't really have time to dive into it because we're right at our hour mark. And I try to wrap it up at an hour for the class because this ends up going out to an audio podcast later on different platforms and they need their hour. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, semantics, uh, which we did a little bit the other week. But I was going to give a little bit more background on it. We don't have time for that. Um, but... A possibility is that um, when we see something like a shadow coming through uh, or even an apparition and that's not quite fully formed, that you know, we're starting to tune into whatever frequency that is, but not fully. And so we're just kind of getting a glimpse of whatever that is kind of almost like an example I threw out there, like an analogy is kind of like the black keys on a piano and, you know, kind of a nice, easy analogy because black shadows, that sort of thing where it's not a full, it's not a full step down. It's like a half step. So, um, it's kind of like that in between state, um, still necessary, uh, you know, for different things you might want to play different songs, uh, different melodies, but um, but it's different than just going boom, boom from one white key to another, if that makes any sense. All right. <laughs> and then the other little aside that I was going to throw in there is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. When he wrote the Silmarillion, he was creating his Middle Earth universe. The thing that he used to create it was sound. There was a music that created the universe according to him so one of those uh one of those legends again it's a fictional legend uh, but it's using some of that esoteric knowledge to tell the fiction and so question again is what is the shadow dimension um it's another place it's another space that's not on the same frequency as ours but sometimes we're able to get a glimpse of that when we start getting tuned just a little bit the right way. And entities and beings from that dimensional space are able to travel here from there. They have apparently more knowledge on how to use those frequencies to be able to travel across the universe or maybe even across universes. Or, you know, are they somewhere in one of those dimensions that we talked about with, with string theory, or is it a completely different concept? 
um, you know, that, you know, again, string theory is just a theory. So is it something else when we talk about, you know, a, a, a alternate plane of existence or a altered state of consciousness? Is it all, and this is where the consciousness bit was going, if the whole thing is consciousness, is it just being able to access another space within that consciousness using, again, vibration and frequency? So these are things that we are going to explore. And maybe one day answer, probably not fully, but maybe we'll get a few glimpses into what's really going on. So, all right, everybody, that is it for Connecting the Universe this week. What is the shadow dimension? Um, we'll be on our regular time next Wednesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, ConnectingUniversePortal.com. Of course, tomorrow for members of the Connected Universe, join us for the watch party. Uh, we'll start that around 8.30, 8.45 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, the, the show airs at, uh, at 9 p.m. So we'll have fun with that. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you next time, if time really exists. <laughs>